0: Welcome back. Today's episode of the KBC Hoops podcast. We've got the man, the myth, the shooter, Chris Lofton. We're going to dive into his recruitment process or lack thereof between the University of Kentucky and the University of Louisville. We'll also get into the medical condition that could have possibly cost him his shot at the NBA. And we'll finally also tackle his run in with the legendary Kobe Bryant. You'll hear it right here on another episode of the KBC Hoops podcast. Listeners, we've got a treat for you guys today. Yeah, Today's episode, one of the best to ever do it on this basketball court. One of the, one of the legends in the game. Kentucky guy, glad to have him. Mr. Chris Lofton, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Just trying to stay healthy out here. <laughs> trying to stay healthy with everything. Uh, again, Marcellus Barksdale, co-host Tom Bauer. And as we start every episode, before we get started, we got to go through some credentials. We got to go through some credentials. Is he credentialed? <laughs> so, so, so normally, normally we'll lay that uh, that priority on the guest to kind of go through, but I'll go ahead and give my respect. I'm gonna go through them for you. All right. You're, you're a humble guy. I, I know it's hard for you to talk about yourself. So I, I don't, I don't want you to shortchange. This is not GB. T- <laughs> this <laughs> is not, this GB. is not George Baker. No. So Chris, a little more reserved, but we'll just go down this list. And again, this is only a, a snapshot of everything you've been able to accomplish. Throughout your basketball career, right? So we go back to it. Two thousand four, Kentucky, Mr. Basketball, Championship, State Championship, Mason County Royals, SEC All Freshman Team, Three Team, Three Time First Team All SEC, Second Time, Two Time Second Team All American, Pro MVP in France, two thousand and sixteen, and again, this only scratched the surface. So. We'll go ahead and dive right into it, Chris. We started out Mr. Basketball 2004. Let's 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 go back quite some time ago. When you talk about your high school career, what kind of comes to mind for you? Um, just,
1: I mean, what really stands out, you know, 2003, we won the state championship. Um, I'm a team guy. So, you know, that that night was so amazing, just winning that title and, you know, just special because it's with the guys I grew up with, you know, we started playing on the AAU team. When we were like 10. So for us to start at that young and, you know, win the state title when we were, I guess we were 17, 18 at that time, it was just very special for me.
2: Got you guys, that in. Okay, let me throw something in about that. Um, where you played Mason County is a, that's like a, a basketball Mecca. Uh, if you're familiar with the state of Kentucky, and the the history behind it. And it's, it seems kind of random. Maysville, Kentucky, you know, I'm from Nicholasville, so I can't really, I'm not speaking on anything, but but Maysville, it seems kind of random, but there's something up there where it's just way different when it comes to basketball. And, and I've heard stories um, from people that have been around you since you were born, since you were a baby, your family members that say, when Chris always had a basketball, always. He was always just crazy about the game. But can you speak on, like, what was it about your hometown and the environment about that that um, helped develop your love for not only just basketball in general as a fan, but using that to motivate you to be one of the best players across the country that we've seen?
1: Uh, Just, you know, Mason was a small town, and, you know, there's not much to do there. So we take our basketball very seriously. So, you know, my mom and dad, I remember going to – Macy County High School games when I was five or six years old. And, you know, we had teams that were great. And I remember going, watching them, going to rep Arena. I remember going to watch them at Freedom Hall, because at that time, state tournament was in Louisville sometimes. It was like they switched back and forth. So it was just a way of life for me. They they took me off to the games. And, you know, at a young age, I fell in love with it. And I remember going to Macy County games as a kid and saying, like, you know, one day I'm going to be here. Wow. One day I'm going to do something special. You know, that was, you know, I started that when I was a kid, started dreaming like that. And, you know, that's one thing, like if I had to tell somebody, dream it, you know, dream it and believe in it. And, you know, you can do anything.
0: Wow. And we, we talk about that Mason County high school, the Royals, the gym there, the Fieldhouse, probably the, the best basketball environment consistently historically um, as a home arena atmosphere, what was it like even being a high school kid, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, lacing them up in that historic field house?
1: Man, it was special. I wish I could show y'all pictures. I wish I could go back in that moment, just how, I think this fits about 7,000 maybe, Mm. and I mean, it would be packed. You know, during region tournament, like, it was standing room only. You know, they would, the fire marshals had to come in and tell people, (laughs) like, nobody else can get in. It was I remember a special game we played. We were playing Lexington Catholic my junior year and we were supposed to be there an hour and a half before the game. Mm-hmm. And we got there like an hour and a half before the game and it was already packed. Wow. Like, wow. It was already filled. Like you couldn't well, get in.
2: I, 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 I coached at Lexington Christian for six years. And when I was coaching freshmen one year, we went up and played Mason County and uh, there was more people there for our freshman game than most varsity games, a freshman game. And that's when it really hit me. I'd heard it was different, but when I got to feel that and see that for myself, you know, it, it, I can see it's a it's just such a big deal up there, and I can see how that would inspire you if you want to take that serious uh, to be great, you know, and, and and how that culture could also really build somebody up when it's a small town they care that much about basketball. If you're willing to put in the work, um, I'd say they support you
1: for sure, no doubt. You know, that's the one thing about major. Like if you Work hard, and you know your team's playing, and they're going to support you, whether you know you're good or not. You know they're going to support you, yeah.
0: which I always loved. And we talk about those Lexington Catholic battles that you had. I feel like every game you were playing, you were playing Lexington Catholic. <laughs> I, I feel like every time I watch Chris Lofton play high school basketball, he was playing against Lexington Catholic. The fifth third, was it called fifth third Republic Bank Classic? Back I think there. it was fifth third. Fifth, third. Fifth, third. So you, you came to Lexington must see TV before, t- I don't even know if the game was broadcast, <laughs> but it was, you, you had to be there. Oh, man. Can you talk about the moment that you had in that holiday tournament um, against Lexington Catholic?
1: Oh, well, you know, it was always around Christmas time, yep. right after Christmas, that tournament. And like, again, as a little kid, I used to go and watch the tournament. It was in the old gym, mm-hmm. you know, it was smaller and, you know, teams from all over would come and it was big time. And then again, I dreamed I was like, oh, I'm going to be here one day. You know, and so when my opportunity came, I was just like, you know, from a small town. You know, we got Louisville schools, Lexington schools there from out of state. So I don't think you know we're gonna get enough respect. So by the time we leave here, they're gonna remember Mason County. They're gonna remember Maysville. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what me and my teammates, you know, mindset was, and that's what we try to do. And you know, we played in the tournament four years. We won it twice. So wow, it
0: was it was a very special tournament. Is it safe to say that per capita, and Tom talked to talked on it a little earlier per capita. Maysville, Mason County, when he just talks about the the talent and quality of hoopers, I know we've got Louisville, we've got Lexington, Bowling Green, Western Kentucky, but per capita, is it safe to say that that Maysville has some of the the best players across the state, just based on the size and the number of players and and talent they put out?
1: For sure. You know, no doubt. I mean, you can go back to Darren Fed Ronnie Lyons, they both played at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Darius, myself, um, Sean Merrick played at Cincinnati. And then you got other guys that didn't go nowhere, but they they could hoop too. You know, so Julius yeah, King.
2: Yeah. yeah. You
1: know, you got, Shout out to the homie. You, got, the, the you Julius. got so many guys that, you know, don't get the publicity, but they could hoop too back in the day, even before I was, you know, born, people talk about guys.
2: That that's that's super interesting. Cause being involved in high school, it it has to start somewhere. Like somebody has to um start the success to where a Chris Lofton can even look up to it down the road. And uh, there are guys that really paved the way. And a lot of times those guys kind of get forgotten about, even though they were paving the way. And it's just kind of inch by inch where you might have a losing record, but you may be the first group to go from a losing record to a 500 record. That's a step, the 500 record to a winning record. And that's a step and just laying the groundwork. So it's great to, you know, shout out all those guys and those guys, you know, we see them consistently in the building and they're still passing on their knowledge to a lot of other people, you know, a a younger generation as well, even to this day, just again, to show how, Mason County, man, like ball really is life. If there's a way to be bigger than ball <laughs> is life, like it, it, it's the way of life. And uh, but it's health. It seems healthy at the same time too. Like some of my favorite people I meet are from Mason County, um, and so it's it, it's just good to touch on that. Who who were some of your uh, the players that you played against in high school? Um, it can be in the state, it can be out of the state, or whatever. But um, touch on who were some of the players that you hated to play against, but you loved to play against at the same time.
1: Um. I mean, less Catholic had, I mean Demetrius Green. and I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, but yeah. Demetrius is great. Duna, you know, that was always a battle. Um him William Graham, Harrison Morton, right. them three right there. I'm trying to think, I mean, we played against Rondo, mm-hmm. who's right. at Eastern, you know, of course. Some good players. He's definitely good. Um and- and so those four four stand out the most, I would say.
0: And b- before we move on to some, some things later on in your career, we got to touch on the Maysville Dirt Bowl. Right? Oh, man. The, the first weekend. Do we need to bring Lisa up for that? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and if you haven't had the pleasure to step foot inside our KBC Hoops facility, <laughs> by the time you make it to the front desk, you've already encountered probably five to six people from, from Maysville. Yeah. Five to six, without a doubt. So, again, huge love to that. But we talk about the Dirt Bowl. And f- for those unfamiliar, first weekend of August, end of the summer tournament, the old gym, yeah. downtown, hottest gym I've ever played in in my life. I, I, h- hottest gym, yeah. hands down, bar none. How special is that weekend um, to the city of Maysville?
1: It's special, man. It's special. Like you said, it's hottest gym I've ever played in for sure. You know, and I see and growing up, that's where we played at. That's where our pickup games. That's where we practice. That's so that's like our home gym. That's, that's what, that's all we know right there. So it's, it's always special that dirt bow. Um, I guess, again, I used to go to a kid when it was outside. I played it in a few times when I was younger, when it was outside and it's, you know, in the gym now, of course. And it's just, it's special, man. That that's first weekend in
0: August is special. Um, we always have a great
1: turnout and, and hopefully we'll do the same
0: this year. Uh, always man. And that's, that's one of those things I, I've always looked forward to. And for Large majority of it, I was always in college or playing as a pro. So that first weekend of August, I was either, you know, still in school, finishing up summer classes or, you know, headed overseas to when I was in Germany, but had the pleasure of going down last year. Absolutely enjoyed it. Honestly, a, a weekend like no other basketball like no other. And when you walk in that place, you, you feel the legends of <laughs> Maysville, right? And sure.
2: well, it seems <laughs> present- like it seems like the results of that, whether you win or lose, it's just a basketball game, but those results carry on. Oh, carry on. Like it, it, you gotta it. deal with it. Like if you win, <laughs> oh, man, sure. you're that guy. You're you're really yeah, big yeah. time. Yeah. But if you lose, like you you're nothing. It. Like you make me, I mean, it's it, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's all with it's all in good taste. And it's like sports. It, it's all in that realm of sports, but it is amazing how it carries over. It's just it seems like a random tournament, but there's a lot of credibility and respect, you know, if you win that thing. Uh, definitely gotta be
0: somebody to yeah. get on that cool. Legendary everybody, stories. Everybody can hook. Yeah, old, right. young, and different. Everybody can hoop. And as we transition before we kind of touch on college again, all your accolades, Mr. Basketball winning a state title performances, you know, one of the best shooters to ever come through the state of Kentucky. How would you describe your recruitment process as you got into, you know, your junior and your senior years in high school?
1: Um, well, it wasn't really what I wanted it to be. Um, but I uh, see, uh, at first, you know, I was, I remember as a sophomore, I was getting letters from, from schools, but that's when I realized that I was just on a mailing list. It doesn't yeah. really mean anything. You know how that goes. Yeah. You know, by junior year, I remember um, some school, I remember going on some unofficial visits to Western Kentucky. Where else did I go? Maybe that was the only one. And, so, it, so it wasn't hot and heavy is what you're saying. Yeah, it wasn't hot and heavy. It wasn't hot and heavy. I remember... So I had a, one of my assistant coaches worked for Patino. So Rick did offer me a scholarship as a sophomore, as a sophomore. He offered me a scholarship as a sophomore, but you know, me as I was young, I mean, I wasn't ready to just commit to school right then. You know, I still, you know, was thinking about Kentucky, Duke, you know, so, but you know, Louisville offered me and they ended up taking it away. And
2: so, so just real quick on that, to put a, to put a pin on that. A lot of times when a coach will take a scholarship away is because you've not committed during their timelines. Yeah, right. um, and they're saying, well, I've got player X, Y, and Z that mm-hmm. are ready to commit. So I'm going to go that way. Right. But to to put that kind of out there as a sophomore, that's early, like, like, a, early. like in today's age, <laughs> nobody's expecting a sophomore. If a sophomore commits, admit, right. you're not going to school there. That's almost a guaranteed <laughs> way to show that the sophomore is <laughs> yeah. not going to go there. Yeah. And so it shows it was a little bit different times. but you know, in that recruiting. So you listed off, like, what were some of your dream schools at the time besides uh, Kentucky? I
1: mean, like, for sure, Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky boy. I'm from here. Kentucky, yeah. um, Duke. I, I like Coach K. I would say those two yeah, more than any other.
2: Yeah. But both of which would have been fantastic fits. Right. You know, for your game and style and, and what you brought to the table. And they had players that did – some of the same things that you do, not I, I don't think as well, but they had players to where it made sense as a fit system wise as well. It, it's not like you were trying to go to Florida State where they just roll mm-hmm. six five <laughs> to six to, to six eleven athletes <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. we develop skills later. You know right. these were actual fits too. Um, So take th- take us through like did um, your. Normally, the hottest time for recruitment is between your ju- your junior end of your junior season and the beginning of your senior season. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you during that time?
1: Um, so, after that, so Patino took my scholarship, ended up giving it to Sebastian Telfer, who ended up going yeah. straight to the NBA. <laughs> right. So. so after my junior year state tournament, I had some some schools with showing interest. I remember going Arkansas State, Valparaiso. I went on some. Visits there, and those two—that was it. You know?
2: So okay, so let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking at that point? Like, are you considering at that point that these may be two schools that I'd be choosing from at that point? Like, this—I I know you, I know you're not gonna don't want to say anything negative or anything. It's not a knock on those schools. Right. Just really, what were you thinking at the time as a kid?
1: I'm just thinking, you know, I just won the state tournament. I'm thinking, yeah. you know, the big schools are gonna come after me, right. and I'm just like, I mean it's kind of like a reality check. Mm-hmm. It makes you like, maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Right. Maybe you need to work, you know? And you know, Valparaiso, they were great schools. Arkansas State had great visits. Like I loved right. it. You know, I just had my mindset on SEC, ACC. You know, I just, yeah. that, I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be on ESPN. I wanted to, you know, CBS. I wanted, right. I wanted that, you know? And you know, that kind of humbled me. So, you know, I was like, maybe I just need to work and you know, come my senior year, we made it. I had a great year. Made it all the way back, but we lost in the state finals. Mm-hmm. And still, it's still the same thing. Like Arkansas State, still there. Georgetown. Happy Osborne come came to see me in Maysville, and I'm
2: thinking that's a hard man to tell no. <laughs> I mean, <he's laughs> right, really, really. Right. Like the thing <laughs> is, the Happy had
1: a great he had a great presentation for me. Yeah, I bet. like it sounded so good. I bet. Like he's he the came, king. he had it said. Yeah. He had. I'm like, man, that's for sure. And I was just like. I don't really, you know, there's none of these schools I really want to go to right now. Like, you know, and I was like, ah, and I started at this time. I'm getting a little worried because I just had my best senior year. You know, I don't know if I was named Mr. Basketball yet. Maybe I was, but I was just like, what am I going to do? I remember praying to God, like, God, what do I need to do? What do I do?
2: And
0: so, so well, let's,
2: let, let's touch on that just for so, a minute, because right. right now, even more so than when, um, you know, you played or I played, it's, uh, it's a totally different world with like recruiting services and ranking services and scouts and AAU is way different. I know you played some like on some really nice AAU teams, um, in regards to who uh Eddie Ford would put some things together, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. with you and Rondo and some other guys. Is that well, correct?
1: Eddie Ford, I was with Ron, Derek Smith All Stars. Derek local. Smith
2: All Stars. I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And who were some of the guys on your team, by the way?
1: Derek Smith, it was Rondo, um William Graham, Harrison Morton from right. Catholic. Yeah. A lot of dudes from Louisville.
2: You and Rondo, though, yeah. is a significant. <laughs> do, That's do, a significant. Do we need to
0: yeah. mention anybody it else? It doesn't matter. So,
2: okay, so even with all of that, I guess th- this is the, the point, because Marcellus and I get calls all the time from kids that in their heart of hearts, they know that they're being either under-recruited, they're not being ranked high enough. Um, and sometimes I see that cripple people um, and take away a lot of the passion for what they have going on. And I think that one of the bigger things that you have to offer to a lot of people is, you know, I say this with all due respect, Chris, but you, you're not six, seven and coming through the lane and just hammering on people. And so a lot of the excuses that I hear from people is like, well, if I was just six, three, or if I was just more athletic, or if I was just, and there are players like you, there's players like some of our, like our, one of our good friends, Kevin Bridgewaters, that you guys just like, you take all those excuses away, uh, unfortunately. And, and, So, but if we're going to take that excuse away, I still want to equip people with what they can do. So can you dive in a little bit to, um, you know, you're being under recruited, you know, it's not what you really want in your heart of hearts, but how did you, how did that not destroy your confidence?
1: Well, you know, like I started praying, I was praying to God about it and everything. And he like, was just telling me, just, just relax, wait, I got this. And, you know, so randomly I remember, I forget, I get a phone call. Buzz Peterson, he's coaching at Tennessee. And he calls me and is like, or his assistant, Ferguson, calls me. and was like, you know, I just wanted to reach out to you. We had a guy transfer just uh, like last week, and we have an open scholarship. So my first round of state tournament my senior year, the coach for Rodney Woods. Yeah, Wayne County. Wayne County. We played Wayne County first round and had a good game. So I guess after that game, Rodney calls Tennessee and was like, I got a kid for you. You need to offer him a scholarship. That's been, that's a great so, assist, man. That's yeah, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of I class. Every time I see Rodney, I'm like, thank you. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have got to Tennessee without yeah. it. You know, and that's a huge assist. So I end up going to Tennessee like a random Monday night, like on a visit. You go down there, and I'm like, I'm coming. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't need to boxing. see. You know, I'm like, I almost was like on the phone. Like, I don't need to see anything. I'm coming. <laughs> Tell me when. I'll be there this summer. But it was like, Nah, just come here and look at the campus. So I go down and look at the campus. And I look around and I'm like, this is it. You know, yeah. this is it. But then what had happened when I got back Cincinnati, Bob Huggins at the last minute is like, Chris, you know, which I had a cousin from Maysville played at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So he, he talked Huggins for me. So Huggins is like, Chris, we love you. We just don't have a scholarship right now at the moment. But if you give me like two weeks, Going, the NCAA is going to pass a new rule. We're going to have an extra scholarship, and it's yours. So I'm like, oh. And I'm thinking as a kid, Cincinnati, it's an hour from home. Yeah. Yep. And back then, they had the Jordan gear. Yep, you know, as yep. a kid, you're yes. thinking, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm picking out my Jordans. I'm going to wear each game. I'm like, man, I'm going to be right. Jordan out. So I'm like, plus you'll have dogs. Yeah, you know, and dogs. I'm like, that's going to be a nice fit. Yes. So, but, so it comes to signing day. Tennessee has a scholarship right here. Cincinnati, I have to wait. You yeah. know, so it's like since Tennessee Tennessee's a guaranteed, yeah Cincinnati do I take the chance of missing out do I wait I just couldn't I couldn't wait I couldn't wait it out right. I didn't because I didn't know for sure this is just hearsay so I got the scholarship of Tennessee so I just signed it I'm going to Tennessee
0: yeah. wow so, and as we know the at that point the rest was history yeah yeah it but ended up working out good walk us through that that freshman
2: year well um, g- g- okay, g- g- can I just stay on this recruitment thing for a second because there's something that chris mentioned over the summer that i think was a great story um that i want to bring up and it has to do like what a lot of people in kentucky or have are still salty about today is that you did not end up in a (laughs) kentucky jersey or a louisville jersey just at least keep this guy in state and so um i've i've got to touch on this like what for the record what were the interactions like with Louisville we can start with Louisville Mm. okay you're through your senior year because what's crazy to me is that how how much times have changed right now where you're at the sweet 16 playing and you don't even have any type of like offers like that like it's so rare like I remember Dominique Hawkins was in the same position um, and he did some great things but like, take us through Louisville first. Like, what did that look like through your senior year? And then at the end, when you're trying to make these decisions, was there any conversations at any point?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Louisville would come see me play. For Reggie Theus was assistant coach at the time, mm-hmm. and he would come to me. He would come see my game. So I'm like, Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm, ready.
1: You know, I'm thinking, ready like, I'm go. ready to sign. Right, like, right. I'll sign right now, yeah. you know? But like, they would come to my games, but wouldn't offer me, you know? So I'm just like, why keep coming to my games for it? And it's not like I'm playing – I'm having great games, right. you know, like
2: – What more do you want? Yeah, like, So, So did they give you a reason? Did they ever talk to you? Like, did the conversation ever really even come to where it was a conversation? Or did they just kind of just not, not say anything?
1: Not really. It was just like – I would see him at my games, though. Like, he would come see me play, um, and it was just – like, I was – I didn't know. I was like – why are you coming to my games if you're not gonna offer me, you know? Yeah. Like,
2: or even I guess from what yeah. I'm asking you, even talk to you. Exactly. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like they would just <laughs> like, they
1: would just pop up in my games. Yeah. Like my junior year, we played in the King of the Bluegrass. Yeah. And Rick Pertino was coming to my games. Like him, I remember Francisco Garcia, Taekwondo, they came and watched wow. me play, you yeah. know. So that, that was that was a good atmosphere to okay. be in. Wow. So they came to watch me play in Louisville. Okay, uh, so, so
2: that's Louisville. Yeah. Just, it kind of just, yeah. they ghosted you. Yep. So we keep it yeah. real. Okay, they ghosted like, you. They,
1: they took the scholarship away, but then that's when I was saying they, they came back. Right. They came back watching me play, and right. I was just like, if y'all offer me, I'm signing. Like, right. Right now. Right. But,
2: okay, okay, so that's, that's Louisville. Mm-hmm. Then we'll move on to Kentucky, because you, you had a really interesting antidote. Like, w- did you ever feel like Kentucky was recruiting you at any point? No. Okay, but you received a phone call. Right. Can you tell that story? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, I was coming back from an AAU tournament, and I get a random phone call. You know, I had the old Motorola Pager phone, <laughs> you know, the old flip, you know, and it's awesome. a random number, and I'm just like, because usually I don't answer numbers, I don't know, but I was like, whatever. I'm bored. So I answered, and I'm like, hello, and it's Tubby. He was like, to Chris, this is Tubby we just want to know why you're telling people you we're not recruiting you. So I'm like, you're not <laughs> the first time I heard from you. <laughs> like you're not recruiting me. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Right. Right. So he's like, we just want you to know that we're recruiting you. I'm like, okay. I mean that was it. So tell me
0: the follow up. So so now so so now they're recruiting you. So now they're recruiting you. You talk
1: about a wasted phone
0: call. Back on minutes. I hope I hope he calls you nights (laughs) and weekends. That's right. Exactly. It's a different (laughs) world. It's not unlimited at that time. Okay. So so then Louisville just
2: kind of ghosts and leaves it open ended. Kentucky called you to say, "Quit telling people that we're not recruiting you." And then did you hear from them again after that phone call?
1: No, I
2: didn't. Okay. Okay. So that kind of sets the record straight because you know it it's it's weird. It seems like this open ended, like they just missed the boat on Chris. Right. But but the reality is is that Louisville was watching you very closely, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Kentucky thought enough of this to at least give you a call, even though it was yeah. a awkward, strange kind of call. But but that's what happened in the state just to right. set the record straight right. with you
1: and to like Kentucky's defense. Yeah, I mean you got to look at their they already had the number one work. they Come in, both yeah. teams so are like low honestly. In. Yeah, do they need me? No. At the time, That's they didn't need me, you know. All, all so I really can't fine. blame them.
2: Well, the, the only the only thing that I would say, just for some sort of closure, because at the time that was the conversation too, mm-hmm. Um during the time, like from you know me just listening to sports radio, keeping up with different things or whatever, it's like yeah, there's Chris Lofton, but we have was that Rondo, Ramel, Joe. Joe, Joe was the number one yeah. shooting guard in the country. Rondo, number one point guard in the country. Ramel, sick. And they had a great recruiting class. Randolph in. Morris. Of course, Randolph Morris is the number one recruiting class in yeah. the country. Tubby was coming back with a vengeance because people were kind of yeah. hating on him a little bit for not recruiting the way that they thought he should. And so I understand, I understand all that. But to leave it open-ended, there's just a certain level of, you know, like closure for somebody that you would think. So, um, but, you know, it obviously all really worked out. And now let's jump into your college career. You get, you said, Buzz Peterson's the coach at the time. And- um, when you when you chose Tennessee and went down there, what were some of the? You talked about the boxes. You wanted to play in front of big crowds. You wanted mm-hmm. to play in meaningful games. You wanted mm-hmm. you wanted to test yourself against the best players that you could possibly play against. Um, so those are obviously some of the reasons, some of the things that Tennessee offered a great fan base too. Like it just, mm-hmm. almost kind of like Maysville in a lot of ways, yeah. where it's like they're just crazy about sports down there. and They love Rocky Top, love Tennessee. Some of my friends are from down there. And they're crazy about it. But what were some of the reasons that made you go with Tennessee? Outside of well, it was them in Cincinnati, and they're <laughs> there. But what are some of the things you liked about Tennessee going into it, anyways?
1: Uh, I was, you know, it wasn't that far from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I like that. I didn't want to go too far from home. Um, it was, it was a place where I feel like I could play right away. Like walk in and play right away. Maybe even start. Did you have promises with that? No, no okay. promises.
2: Okay you're just gauging the the players.
1: Yeah, I was you know? just gauging just like you know I knew what I I knew I was going to work hard. I yeah. knew I was going to set myself apart, you know. I knew I was going to do the things that you know other people won't. Yeah. So I just had that you know I had that mindset going in there, especially having I had a chip on my shoulder cuz I felt like I was disappointed in the recruitment process. So I was like I'm going to pay Tennessee back for taking a chance on me. I was going to give my all. Yeah. I was going to do That's whatever it took to man, just to win, get the program. The program was, you know, down at the time. I was just trying to do something special with it. You mm-hmm. know, just trying to, like, basically just put it on my back, you know, and make Maysville proud and just do something special down there. Wow. You know, that's what it was all about. And, you know, I got there, you know, as a freshman. And I remember just, well, as soon as I got there, I had a, a appendix. My appendix busted. First day of college. <laughs> first day. <laughs> what? First day. So I'm Definitely driving. Fair. So I'm driving to Knoxville. My parents, I'm I'm driving my car and my parents are like in front of me and like, we stop and I'm like, dad, my stomach is killing me. Like something's not right. He's like, I'll shut up. You just nervous about college. You'll be fine. (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm not. And You know, you don't know my dad. He's It's his way or no way, you know, like whatever. And I'm like, I'm sleeping. Like we stop like halfway and get like, get a hotel and I'm just, I don't sleep at all. My stomach is like killing me. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't. He said, oh, here we go again. You, you're just nervous. So we get to campus, and, you know, I, I meet the trainer, and I'm like, his name's Chad. You know, he still takes care of me to this day. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? And I'm just like, Chad, like, my stomach is killing me. Like, I couldn't sleep last night. So he takes me to the hospital, and I have an appendectomy. A what's it called? A, a pende- appendectomy. A, a, appendectomy, yeah. appendectomy, yeah. So ended up having that. So, so like the first month of workouts, I can't work out. I'm just watching workouts I'm just watching workouts. And wow. So I can't do anything. So that was, that was like tough me being there and I couldn't work out. I was just going to class and just watching everybody work out. So that was tough. And, but, you know, I got healthy and started working my way, you know, back into it. And, you know, I was just like, Hmm, I gotta, you know, my goal was to start, like start from day one. Mm-hmm. And I just worked hard. Uh, you know, got in the gym extra, in the weight room extra, got with assistant coaches and just tried to do stuff extra. So when practice, you know, practice back then couldn't start till October mm-hmm. 15. So the first couple practices, like, buzz is really on me. And I'm just like, I haven't even <laughs> done, I didn't even do anything. to like, <laughs> yes. just yell at me for no reason, right? <laughs> so I'm walking in the locker room and one of the assistant coaches grabs me and say he's like, Chris, don't worry about it. He's just, he's just testing because you're going to be, you're going to be right in the mix when it's all said to, let me, I'm just yeah. telling you, you're going to be right in the mix. So I'm like, whatever. So, you know, it was a good preseason and going from high school to college, like it's different levels, you know. I remember my first like matchup with CJ Watson. Oh man. We played in the league for like 10 wow. years. Yeah. We we're playing one-on-one How do you full stop court. That? Right. <laughs> so CJ gives me a jab and I go flying. He just dribbles right by me. Layup. I'm like, this guy is fast as lightning. And Buzz looks at me and says, "Yeah, he's a little faster than boys from Mazio. Huh? <laughs> and I, I was hot, dude. I was so mad. Like, talk to me like that, you know. But like, he was right. It was just, you know, like I was like, "Oh, I got some adjusting to do." So I knew I had work to do, you know, playing against CJ every day because CJ was—he's one of the underrated mm-hmm. guys. Like get CJ, big big quick time. hands. Like, like you would be scared to dribble in front of him because mm-hmm. his hands were that good. Like, you know, like he get his hand on any of any ball like any time. Mm-hmm. And like playing against him every day really helped me like you know I wasn't always the fastest but so I had to like use my smarts, yeah, IQ right. you know that's where that came to play and I had to you know learn from different playing against athletes like that
0: and then as as we go towards so safe to say your freshman year and you're speaking humbly you know you figured it out mm-hmm. came in with the right attitude and ultimately making the SEC all freshman team so that right there uh, yeah. a huge credit at what point did you feel like you would figured it out
1: um 20. Had a I had a game at Florida, my freshman year. We at Florida. We went in overtime. Had I think I had like twenty. I had twenty one. Yeah,
2: but say who was on that Florida team? <laughs> who were you playing against? David Lee. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Anthony Roberson. Pros. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else was on that team. But like it was, a, I had I had a great game. I was like, man, this is you know a big win for us because you know our team. My record at freshman was 13 and 17. Like it was bad. It was it was tough because we were losing a lot and just. You know, I'm used to winning at Mason County, so it was just it was it was tough Went through a tough, tough time. And you know, like you know the rumors. I remember after the season, you know, I was thinking about leaving. You yeah. know, and you know at that time, Kentucky, Louisville, Cincinnati was all reaching out to me. And
2: so they were really recruiting. me yeah, time. yeah. Wow.
1: They were Fine. really <laughs> recruiting. Me then. They were really recruiting me then. And I just was like, Do I want to sit? Do I want to sit out a year? You know, because that's a long time to sit out. And I'm just like, I mean, I just averaged 13 as a freshman right. here. Right. Does it make sense for me to leave this and we get Bruce Pearl in? Mm. And so I'm looking at his offense. I'm like, hmm.
2: I mean, so Bruce had did he have to kind of re-recruit you a little bit?
1: Uh, yeah, kind yeah, Yeah. kinda. Like we had a meeting and he was we watched film on his teams and how they play, get up and down. He was like, the two guard gets all the shots. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, so you know, (laughs) so you know, I prayed about it and it was just like it was best for me to stay there and thank God I did. Yeah.
2: So I, I do want to touch on something for our young players who are um, either about to or will eventually make the jump from high school basketball to college basketball. And I understand you have to get stronger. It's going to be faster. The things that are fouls in high school like, are not even close to being fouls in college. It, it's a totally different game in that respect. But um, one thing I was always impressed with is how from day one, um, even watching you in high school, but even on the bigger level in college, were you ever – Nervous because it never seemed that way. Like the biggest moments, and we'll get into some of those. But it, it almost seemed like you had this peace and calm about you. And I'm just wondering, kind of, is that real? Was that all just you not showing it to us, or how were you in those moments mentally?
1: Yeah, I'm. I was mentally locked in. When I'm there, I'm. I'm locked in mentally. You so know?
2: were there thoughts that you didn't belong? Ever? Oh no, never. Okay, any court you've ever stepped any on? Court.
1: I don't care. You know. Um. How do you, you know it's that, me? Though? Just. I think it's from working hard. Yeah. Like I feel like I put in hours in this place in yep. the weight room. Yep. So I feel like every time I step on a court, I'm the best player in there. You know, like you're prepared. Not to be cocky, not to sound yeah. coggy, but I like that's the mentality I, I've always had. I'm like, nobody outworks me. Nobody does what I do every day. Nobody like this is the job for me. This is you know, this is what I do. Right. That's like nine to five, you know, like sure.
2: well, like, what that one of the things we try to do with this podcast is yeah, it's like sports centric, but Not everybody here is going to play pro sports, like very few people that listen to this podcast are ever going to play pro sports. So we try to see how they can take um, things that you're saying or things that we're saying and have it cross over to their life and actually have impact and meaning in their life. Because with what you're saying, I know that um, I feel like nobody works harder than me Mm -hmm. in what I do. And so I'm comfortable sitting in any types of rooms and the types of meetings Marcellus and I have, we think a lot of people would potentially be nervous walking into that. But because I know that nobody outworks us, we feel comfortable and we're never nervous or we're never intimidated by the moment because we've been honest with ourselves, which I think is what you're great at, is actually being honest with yourself Mm -hmm. on where you stand. And people hope and wish that they're better than they really are instead Mm -hmm. of just... Yeah. being honest with themselves and saying, well, I'm not that good right now, but I know that I can do X, Y, and Z to get better. And then you build on that to where you get yeah. that confidence. But it's always amazed me how the players that just don't get nervous in those situations. Yeah. And you're just saying it goes back to hard work.
1: For sure. And, I think it all falls back on that. You know, and can I speak about something please? like about college, like kids picking colleges go where you're wanted.
0: There Thank you. Know? you. Like, there we go.
1: Everybody can't go. Like, it's not, Everybody can't go D one D you know D one D two NAI that's fine like if you're good they're gonna find you exactly you know go where you're wanted I think I see some kids that just have this D one D one D one or bust like no it's not like that like right college basketball if you're playing college basketball that's an accomplishment like for sure a lot of people would want Man. you know and you're getting yeah, you're education like you can't beat it so I would say go where you wanted and that was my whole thing with Tennessee they they wanted me you know like they Can showed you break they that down though because. um... Again, people oftentimes, and I fall victim
2: to this, we're not honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so for evaluating all the options that we have on the table and I have a D2 offer and they've laid out a plan for me, like you're talking about Bruce, watch film and was saying this is, this is where you will be on this film. This is yeah. where I project that you're going to be. And mm-hmm. What do you mean by have a plan for you? It's bigger than this, them saying, yeah, you can come here if you want. That's not a plan, no, right? a
1: plan. And, that, and that's one thing with Bruce coaching, like Bruce... He has a plan, scheduling, like practice the way he watches film. Like he's, like he's dialed in. Like, you know, he's one, like coaching wise, he's one of, he's one of the best for sure. And like, you know, I was, had a chance to be with him like a couple months ago in Auburn and I just, and that's just, it took me back to Tennessee, how he prepared for games and just being in the film room with him and being around him at practice. Just like, I'm like, this is why he's successful. You know, he puts in that work while his players and his coaches are sleeping. I mean, Bruce is up early in the morning watching film. And, like five, you know, like up early, yeah. like and, nonstop watching film all throughout the day. And he'll be ready for practice, you know, have the game plan ready. You have meeting with his assistant coaches. Tell him, let's do this. What do y'all recommend? And like, it's, it's all like, like you see why he's successful at Auburn. You you see it.
0: Right. And one, one of the things I've been, I was blessed to kind of see that this whole process, I was a young buck, but I grew up a Tennessee fan. So I, I probably watched every game from 2000 to the time you finished, like, no joke, no joke. Literally watching that. So, you know, again, seeing the, the Peterson area, you know, Ron Slay, those guys, which they had some really oh, solid Tom, players like yeah, Dane Brad. They, sure. they had Let some me really say good teams. CJ Watson again. Exactly. CJ Watson. They so underrated. So. Like they, they had some really, really good teams, really good players, but they were never quite able to make the, hump, make the jump and get over that hump. But I remember, you know, Bruce Pearl coming to Knoxville and his energy. His, his energy, I had never seen a coach with that much energy and passion and fire about the game of basketball, but you knew that that was completely translated to you all as players. Can you speak a little bit about just the, just the intensity of practices with not only having the coaches intense, but you know, you've got teammates, but in practice you all are battling like Tyler Smith, mm-hmm. JP Prince, Juwan Smith. Like it, it was, I can only imagine how intense those practices were. What was that like as you were going through it?
1: It was definitely intense. I mean, we practiced, you know, Bruce like it wasn't long, but you went hard, you know, like you're gonna be tired afterwards.
0: Wayne Chisholm, I forgot to yeah. mention Brian Wayne. <laughs> it was
1: battles and practice every day. You didn't and say was, Bobby Mays. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was battles every day. Um, like you said, Bruce brought that energy. And if we didn't bring that energy, like we would run or we would he would get a he would get our attention. He knew how to get our attention. And you know, he had the the scheme of what we were gonna do and you know, he had the practice schedule. And it was, just, it was just special to be around somebody with that much energy all the time. I mean, he would have this energy at
0: 6 a.m. weights, yeah. you know, yeah. like ready to go. Like he would lift with us. Yeah. Oh, he, he definitely – I saw him he, that uh, came to the game shirt off. Oh, uh, yeah. he, he's big, but like, like a power lifter yeah, yeah. type of deal. He used to lift with us deal. in the morning. Like, like, like expert furniture mover type, type of deal. Old man strength. Um, it's, it's
2: really – I mean – up to this point uh we see where you are you're you've finally made this decision you've you've decided to go ahead and commit to Tennessee now you know for the for the for the long haul um take us through your sophomore season cuz you made a jump yeah yeah sophomore season you you really made a jump and and what were some of the differences was it just experience at that point um what what were some of the things to make that jump you had a great freshman season but yeah. your sophomore season was different.
1: Sophomores, definitely. I remember after my freshman year, I um, actually came home to Mazor all summer and, you know, worked out there, played a lot of pickup and was, just, was in the weight room just trying to, you know, get bigger, faster, stronger, you know, working on my game. So I get back my sophomore year. Um, So, you know, now people know about me a little bit. So I'm on little scout reports and, you know, my sophomore year, um, we, I think we win at that time was SEC East, SEC West. So I think we win the SEC East. So we won the SEC East championship. I think we were like 12 and four, something like that. I don't think we won the whole SEC. I think we won the SEC East. Not positive, but it was a good year. I had at that time Kerr Highs against Kentucky in 06. That was those, this was 06. So we beat Kentucky in the rep arena. Yes. Which is the first time Tennessee did in Mm -hmm. at that time 20, 25 years, you know? That's what I tell people all the time, I'm like, you just don't win at Rupp Arena. Like right, exactly. you know, it, it don't happen. Yeah. And I had a a great game at Georgia. I set the record for threes. I think I had nine threes that game in Georgia. And these were back-to-back games. Okay. <laughs> so that um we get to the NCAA tournament. We win the first game. Then we lost, we lose second round. And I played bad second round. And I was just like, I remember that after that game. I was so I was so disappointed in myself because I shot terrible, and we lost, and it was bad. So I was like, "Man, this summer, this this time. It's different. I'm gonna stay in Knoxville all summer. I'm gonna live in the weight room. I live in the gym. I can't let this feeling happen again." Like, you know, so you like, found
2: new levels as somebody who literally. I mean, you again. I, I know you won't say this, but you are known. The the legend behind you is your work ethic. Mm-hmm but yet somehow you found new ways to even challenge yourself on the work ethic that had already even made you that successful to that point. Yeah. What were some of the th- changes that you made? You said, because when you tell me live in the weight room, live in the gym, that's what I thought that you
1: were doing yeah. anyway. <laughs> so more, like, more? more specific. Exactly. I got with my assistant coach. So you got coach, smarter. Yeah. Well, my assistant coach, Jason Shea, who coaches to the ETSU right now with Forbes. And he comes to me and says, said, Chris, you, you got to get to the free throw line more. You got to, attack the basket more. You know, everybody knows you can shoot. It's time to attack the basket. Cause I think my sophomore year, I shot like 60 free throws, you know? And he was like, we got to get there at least a hundred. Let's go for a hundred. And I ended up getting there like a hundred and some, like wow. 20, almost doubling. I think I doubled it or more. And like, we worked on just different moves to the basket, you know, and just all kinds of different things. Like he was like the guy that I worked out with a lot, you know, training like individual workout. Right. He was so good. And
2: so one, some of the advice that we give, not only to ourselves but to our young guys that are coming up and really trying to do some special things, is we say that you you have to script everything, mm-hmm. you have to actually make a specific plan and stick to that. Yeah. Are you saying that that's kind of the jump that you did, where you were more specific on the things that you want to work on? For sure. And you t- okay, okay,
1: better in shape, stronger. Yeah. You know, like I was actually started watching when I was eating right the, after that summer. Wow. You know. Yeah. Like freshman sophomore year, Not a good season, but I was eating, yeah. <laughs> Donald, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the cafe, give me that right. double cheeseburger, fries, <laughs> coke, you know, hey, like. Hey, that's
0: re, why I tell re, you, but I didn't know nothing hey, about hey, healthy. Real, eating. real quick, real quick, I I, I got to touch on this because I'm a I'm, I'm a fan too, but. Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> l- l- legend has it that that y- you've got the route for the Krispy Kreme delivery truck in a sixty-five mile radius of Lexington, Maysville. Atlanta, I, I I know you're to hit up. I, I think you stopped in Chattanooga <laughs> on your way from Knoxville. <laughs> w- were you eating a lot of Krispy Kreme back then too? Uh,
2: that's where I got introduced to it in Wow. Yeah, that wasn't was, Krispy Kreme
0: here for yeah, a while.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: I was in Knoxville and my boy was like, you trying to get these donuts? <laughs> <laughs> donuts? What do you mean? It's like 7.30 at night, well, I want some donuts? To, like, he's like, Krispy Kreme. I'm like,
0: whatever, let's go. Yeah, change your life, boy. So you so get there
1: and the light, he's like, oh, the light's on. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yeah. So I eat that first and I'm like, oh, life changing. Doesn't. So I ordered on. me a dozen. I said, I need my own. I need my own. So Man. you know, and back then, like you showed your UTID, so yeah. you bought one, and got one free. Oh Lord. So we could go there and get it, and i take it back to the room. Just, just, just ever since then, like I feel like donuts is one of my like low-key favorite foods. <laughs> yes, you know? Same, same. Like when they're hot, can't beat it.
2: So um we can pick up Krispy Kreme as a sponsor of that. Uh, exactly,
0: <laughs> Krispy Kreme, we need yeah. to go ahead and yeah. get the shout out. So, you got endorsement. Yeah.
2: So, so um, all right, so then we made it through the sophomore season mm-hmm. and you've decided to make this jump in yeah. a new level commitment to new your junior level. season. New okay. Um, granted, the atmosphere was different back then in regards to underclassmen making the jump to the pros. When did you start seeing your name pop up on NBA draft boards? Was it after your freshman season, after your sophomore season? When was that?
1: I would say during my junior season. During your junior during season. My junior okay. Season, so
2: there was no consideration of leaving after your sophomore season. No, no, I wasn't um, that good. Junior season. Let's let's jump into your junior season. Mm-hmm. Cause again, another jump in some really big moments during your junior season. Yeah, so Recap some of the season, highlights. I'm
1: just um, you know, I'm 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 like I'm like I'm locked in, just like really locked in, you know, just like just eat, sleep, work out, man, get my rest, get my proper rest. Yeah. So that's when I start to realize like all that stuff matters. What you eat, how many hours you're sleeping? you know, right. your rest, taking care of your body, like all that, like really plays an effect, you know, and the SEC, like, I mean, it's tough, especially me. I was playing 30, 35 mm-hmm. minutes a game. So like, you know, and I was, you know, the main, main offensive guy, like for the team. So I was like, I have to be ready and like fresh every night, right. you know, for us to have a chance to win. So I really just started, you know, dial in and and it goes back to my favorite player, Kobe. I always loved how he approached the game. How yeah. He was, you know, he blocked out every, all the other stuff, just like he was just locked in and I, you know, me reading and like listening to him, listening to him speak. And so I was, you know, that was the guy like I, I looked up to, like for that, like mental aspect of my game.
2: I, I don't want to jump ahead because I want this to be in somewhat chronological order, but mm-hmm. was um, when was it that you actually were invited to go out to his camp?
1: Oh, that was after that was. Oh yeah, that was after my junior year. After, okay, after so, season, we, so we'll get summer. to that in a minute. We'll we'll, okay. we'll get to that in just yeah. a minute.
2: We'll get to that in a minute cuz I, I we have to touch on that. I know that it had a major impact on you. Yeah. Um so let's let's roll through your junior, junior season. Mm-hmm. You guys have one of the best teams in the country, yep. hands down. And frankly, no matter if it didn't really matter who your favorite team was, everybody I knew was watching Tennessee cuz you all were so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like you you actually had it at every position yeah. and the keys to every position. But tell me a little bit about that team. Yeah, just
1: Oh man, it was it was fun. You know, Ramar Smith, Jawan Smith, man, me, dogs. Wayne Chisholm, Dane Bradshaw, like those five, those those guys right there, like we were all just especially like me, Dane, and Jawan. So us three, we were at, we used to call it the struggle. Yeah. Cause like the other young guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. they came in when we were winning, you I know, just, like <laughs> we, we used to tell them like y'all don't know about the struggle. <laughs> so, y'all don't know about this. y'all come in Tennessee when Tennessee was already winning. Like me, Dane, Jordan Howe too. Yeah. So, like, we were like, y'all wasn't here during the struggle. Like, we were here during the struggle, like, when we struggled. No NCAA tournament in the stands. Nobody was there. Like, you could hear them talking about us. (laughs) Like, y'all suck. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could hear stuff, like, when you're playing. And then, you know, that junior year, we just, like, we were all, like, so us, we were hungry. Like, we wasn't highly recruited. Yeah. But, like, we just played hard, played together. You know, like, those dudes at that, like, I want them on my team all day because I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. You know, so – that's then we mixed big. them young guys in there, them freshmen Wayne, Duke, Cruz, man. Ramar Smith. So much talent. Were, yeah, talent. So they much talent. They were They were highly Loaded. recruited. Loaded. Yeah. So man. we just put it all together, and we had a great run. I had a great year, man. You just we you end up playing Ohio State in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. We're up seventeen. Yeah. Blew yeah. it. But wait, w- what year was the Winthrop shot? That, that was, was sophomore, sophomore year. Sophomore so year. so sophomore he sophomore sped year. past
0: it. He yeah, sped he did. past it. You I know, it was junior. we, uh, <laughs> won the, we he, he said it because he, he made me doubt. Like I had my yeah. timeline wrong, right? So, sophomore year, just to backtrack a little bit, one of the most memorable shots you watched One Shining Moment. I like a, you got Chris in the corner, and it actually popped up with no A tournament going on right now. You know, they're playing all the clips. Yeah. yeah. Take us through. You are a sophomore at the sophomore. time and went through, a, which had a really solid team. Yeah, they A, did. a really, really solid team. Oh, very good. Solid. Yes. They were great. What was going through your mind in those moments before you got to play? It was
1: just, I remember the play before we had missed a shot. It was offensive rebound. I got the rebound. Bruce calls timeout. He sets up a play for me. And it was a great play. You know, I set a screen, didn't come off a screen. And I ended up going to the corner and... You know, I just, were you
2: behind the backboard when you shot that thing? So he's talking about he went to the corner.
0: No, <laughs> right. you were like... Yeah. It, behind it, the backboard. Behind the backboard, tough, um, fading away. Fading. And just, just to touch on this, and it, this is kind of one of those reoccurring themes. You're not the biggest guy mm. by any means. If anybody has seen you shoot, you do something that's a little unconventional for most shooters. You kind of actually fade, but have a real high release. At what point did you really... Developed that, or was it something that was intentional in your shooting as you were growing up, or was it just kind of how it was always done?
1: It was just I was always done. Yeah, you know, I guess it's just a habit.
0: Yeah. Did, when we were talking about Chris
2: yesterday with GB, and he was asking, you know, like, did Chris get that much better when he reached Tennessee? And I'm like, no. I yeah. mean, I, I can't say it as emphatically as I wanted to. I mean, he did get a lot better. Yeah. But the things he was done. doing at Tennessee, exactly. I saw him doing in high exactly. school. Like, like there's nothing new. He's just doing it at a different level. And yeah, he's incrementally getting better. But uh, the jumper has been the same. I mean, it, it looked like it's been the same. Now, you know, so, so there's that. We have to talk about that shot against Winthrop. I'm glad we mentioned that. So, but, but we'll go back to the junior season. Regular season, how'd it go?
1: Uh, sophomore? For junior season. Junior I'm season? Sorry. Yeah, back to junior season. Oh, regular season, season was, was good. Yeah. Um, you guys are top 10 throughout solid. the year. Top I think we were some. top 10. Like, I don't know if we were top 10 at one point, maybe. It was, it was decent. Yeah. Like, I would not say it was great junior year. You know, I played great. It wasn't, it wasn't too good. I can't remember actually. I have to look yeah. it up. But that uh, was Ohio better State. than it, it was better than freshman year for sure. Yeah,
2: lost to Ohio State in the Sweet Sixteen. Lost to mm-hmm. Sweet team. Sixteen. Tough, yeah. tough team
1: for that, that. Was SEC Player of the Year. Right. So that was good. And what
2: happened here? What we got? Did something fall down? Okay, we'll go just ahead. Leave it. And just, just leave it. Just leave it's it. all good. Just leave it's it. All Thank all you. we we'll Um. So so we're back to we're back to a junior season. P- pretty good season you have a fantastic season and right. uh second team all- american that year second team, yep, second second team. team all american yeah. that year um quite the jump from all due respect from arkansas state and valpo you know mm-hmm. being your option that that's such a testament to your work at the character and again confidence and as we've established because you put in the work so great junior season it's actually a testament to how you guys are really feeling that you know you kind of gloss over losing in the sweet 16 to Ohio state to most programs. That's the best they've ever done ever in their history. And so it shows what's going on in your all's minds down in Tennessee that, you know, bigger and better is possible. (sighs) And so now we get to, you know, you're, you're almost at your peak of being hot at this up up to that point. Is there a consideration of jumping to the NBA at that point? Did it ever cross your mind?
1: Um, Jumping, I think, Like I was going to test the waters, Mm -hmm, but work out for some teams, you know, don't hire an agent, but just, just gauge and see. Cause I mean, it's my junior year. What do I have to lose? So I think that was the, that was the plan to do, but you know, some health issues came up. Yeah. Which stopped me from all that.
2: Right. So with that, without, you know, obviously you can shut the whole thing down right now. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that again, this is way more than about sports. Right. And so, um, you've mentioned your faith multiple times and I don't want people to gloss over or just move past what you're talking about when I'm asking you, um, what gives you confidence? What made you stay? You, you're rooted in your faith. Right. For sure. Okay. And so, um, there's a bigger message behind what we're trying to do here, but Mm -hmm. Would you mind if I ask some questions about those health issues? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So, into your junior season, you're hot. You have to be thinking in your mind right now, like, NBA's in my future. It's done mm. deal. It's a matter yeah. of, do I want to go right now? Do I want to wait and try to do something special with the team? Just hold off on another year. But then you get some news. Um, did you just not start, did you just stop? start uh, not feeling well? Is that what ended up happening? Or what, what started happening to where you kind of figured that maybe something might be going on with you physically?
1: Well, just um, so you know, NCAA, you have a random drug test. Mm-hmm. So I had to take one, I had had a drug test after the first round. Yeah, after the first round, and came back positive. So after that Ohio State game, my trainer we're get on the elevator, getting ready to go. We're at the hotel and these tests, Chris I need to talk to you. So I'm like, and I could see in his face like it was something serious. Mm. I'm like, hmm, this is weird. So I put my stuff in my room, shower, and I go back. And he's like, well, I was with our, my team trainer, Chad, and with the team doctor. And he's like, well, you just, um, we got you filling a drug test. So I'm like, I'm like, like, it's, it's impossible. Like, yeah. I don't smoke. Like, you know, like, um, I don't know how I fill a drug test. So they started thinking, like, maybe it was, maybe I took one of those shakes or something. Yeah. Did you take any? I'm like, I take the shakes that our strength coach, Troy, gives to everybody else. So mm-hmm. No, I haven't done anything. So they're like, okay, we just, you know, wanted to let you know. And, you know, when we get back to Knoxville, we're going to run some tests and this and that. So I'm like, mm, that's weird. So Now I'm thinking like, is yeah. something wrong with me? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. no, I'm scared. Right. So I'm in, we were in San Antonio. So I'm like, I go back to my room and I'm just like, I is am I dying? You yeah. know, like something, something's healthy wrong. I'm not healthy. Something's wrong with me. Did you feel any different? No, okay. I didn't feel anything. Okay. Like, I just feel normal. So we get back to Knoxville and first few days we're going, I'm going to different like hospitals, doctors and they're just trying to figure out nothing's wrong. And then we go to like this other doctor and the doctor's like, yeah. And he's just like, so you're either pregnant or you have cancer. I'm like, well, man, (laughs) yeah, can't be pregnant. You know, so I'm like cancer. So I don't know about y'all, but when I, at this time I'm uh, six, seven, I'm uh, 21, 20. So I'm thinking, when I think of cancer, I'm sure I'm about to die. Right, like you know, I don't. Right. That's all I. You know, I don't know. I think about it. so I'm just like, oh man. In my first, I was like, I guess no more basketball. You know, you know, I'm like no more basketball. I'm about to die. Like this is crazy. And so the doctor's just like, no, no, no. Like, like we got it early, so we'll be able to. You know, you'll be you'll be fine. You'll be fine.
2: So so then just to kind of set the scene a little bit, you're in San Antonio playing in an NCAA tournament game. Mm-hmm. All right. You are a star among stars now, I'll say it, um, in the college world. A lot of eyes on you. A lot of people looking to you. Showing up on first round NBA draft boards. Um, how, How many, was it days before that peak and that high, high? Where, was it days in between that high and that ultimate low? Or, like, what time frame are we talking about here until you found out your new situation and, and your new outlook on life?
1: Three days, maybe? three, wow. Four days? Yeah. Three days. So you go from, like you said, I mean, so this is the NCAA tournament. A week before, a week and a half before, I'm named SEC Player of the Year, which is yeah. one of my favorite college moments. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm thinking, like, I go from Nobody Wants Me to being named the best player in the SC, in the East Southeastern Conference. So, right. like. I'm feeling good. Get ready to go to the NCAA tournament. This and that. I'm feeling good. Had a great first and second round game. So yeah. I'm feeling good. Like, I feel like I'm on top of the world, you yeah. know? And then just like. Crash. Get those news. Just like everything. Just like, wow. Wow. You know, in your first thought, I know mine was. Selfishly, like, what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? You yeah, know, man, like. that's I deep. try to be nice to everybody. Cheated, I try to, you know what I'm saying? I'm not disrespectful business, to anybody. Sure. Yeah. And I'm just like. You know, at the time I was like. I didn't think it was fair, yeah. You know, right? But you know, like I remember my mom and dad, and I started realizing that you know, you know, God takes us through situations, you know, that we don't understand. We just got to trust Him through it all. And I'm like, at the time, I didn't understand that, Mm -hmm. yeah. But now looking back at it, like I understand it. Like I wouldn't change it, you know. Wow, like I wouldn't change it. Like that's for you. Like you don't understand. Like I'll get Facebook and Instagram messages, like people will be like, "Chris, I love your story playing through cancer your senior year." that really helped me because I have cancer too, man. So it wasn't, you know, at the time I was being selfish, making it all about me. And now I realize he's used, I, like I was using me to help other people that's going through cancer, you know, that going through something
0: that they need somebody to, you know, talk to or look up to. Right. And just to, just to personally speak on it, man, to like, so again, I was a huge Tennessee fan, man. And some of my fondest memories were me with my dad, watching you play, um, you know, when you came to Lexington playing at um, Lexington Catholic, then playing, you know, ultimately in that sweet 16, you know, both years in the finals and then following your college career. And I actually had the opportunity. It, it was, it was like the same, it was, man, it was probably one of the craziest things ever. It was, I believe that summer you happened to be in Lexington and it was something, and I had to like, I think we we were here, you were working out and I got a chance to work out with you for, you know, probably three or four times or something like that. And I didn't really realize that at the time. I'm working out with you. And I'm thinking it's the coolest thing ever, man. First time really getting a chance to interact with you. You probably don't, you might not even remember, but I'm a young kid, early high school. And, you know, I just remember seeing your your work ethic just up close in person. And, you know, without even fully understanding exactly what's going on, what's been going on. And, you know, to fast forward just a little bit and just know that, Man, that was your reality, you know, actually kind of brought peace and confidence within myself because I had just, you know, not too long ago lost my father to cancer. Mm-hmm. So to know that you had battled through that and, you know, always looked up to you in a way, and then just knowing that, you know, that was your battle, you kind of got through it. I think I had a deep understanding for number one, not only your work ethic, but your perspective on life and always knowing that it was, you know, about other people, treating nice. people, you know, one of the best people that, you know, You'd ever meet. And honestly, if it wasn't for, you know, this information really becoming public, we probably would never know Mm -hmm. because you're not the person to, you know, (laughs) gloat about or anything like that. But, you know, I just know that, you know, first and foremost, you know, just appreciate you for handling that whole entire situation. And I think as you look back in that perspective and understanding the people that you were able to impact, you know, with your walk, with your faith. You know, I was I was one of those people that was touched by it. So wow. you know, really really commend you for for handling that the way you did. I appreciate that. So yeah, it, it means a lot. Like I still
1: get messages today about it, and it makes me like you know what I'm saying. Like like man, like I get a little sad thinking about it because yeah. like I was so selfish. You know, I didn't realize how selfish I was. Just you know, making it all about me. You right. know, because like you said, I'm like up here. And I'm like, yeah. NBA, NBA, you know, <laughs> right, like, right, right. like you couldn't tell me nothing. Like yeah. I just knew I was going to be in the NBA. You know, I just knew I was going to be there and just like, you know, God changes your plans, you know, and you don't understand, but it's always for the best. Exactly. Yeah. So with that, what sort of impact did
2: this cancer um, diagnosis have on your thoughts about um, going to the NBA at that point? between your junior and senior season did that just kind of eliminate all of that in your mind like you're 100 percent coming back or did you receive yeah. some feedback from nba teams saying not now or how did that go down
1: well it happened so quick and fact like i just shut it down myself like it was nothing i was in the hospital i had surgery didn't have my radiation treatment so i mean the whole month of may i was I was doing radiation treatments. Right. When other guys are working out, you're doing (laughs) radiation treatments. Well, like in May, like right after the season. So my birthday is March 27th. Mm -hmm. So we had lost more. We had lost like the week before in the sweet 16. So we get back and I find those, you know, I go to the doctor and find out what I'm diagnosed with that when I get back. So my surgery is on March 27th, my 21st birthday, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because I remember, like the hospital, because it was all a secret. Like nobody in Knoxville knew. Yeah. So it's like we're gonna get you in early in the morning, like five in the morning, and we're gonna get the surgery, get you out of there, because we don't want nobody knowing. Like Bruce is like, like you think I should come? And I'm like, everybody's gonna know, you know. (laughs) Everybody knows you. Right. (laughs) Right. Bruce tries to sneak in, like everybody knows you. You know, he comes in with a baseball cap. That's a lot of love,
2: though. That's yeah.
1: yeah, I'm sure he was torn up. Oh no, bad. So he comes in like right before my surgery, and he sees my wristband, and he's like. He sees it because I had it on my birthday, like surgery. Wow! He writes it over here, and he looks at my wristband. And is like, hold on, today's your. He shakes his head and just walks out. You know, <laughs> he just wow. shakes his head and walks out. Wow! So yeah, he was there. So we had the surgery. Um, I go back. My family comes and stays with me for like three days right after surgery. You know, um, then after they leave, I go back to my dorm where I'm staying with my teammates, and you know, you have the spring workout. Mm. So that early, that same year in the junior season. I sprained my ankle real bad. So I missed like two weeks. Two Two weeks. I missed like four games. So Bruce like, we're just going to tell everybody you're not working out because your ankle's still bad. Yeah. So that was the, you know, that was the cover up. You know, <laughs> which I did have a bad ankle, you know, right, but right, that was right. the cover up. Just like, yeah, Chris ain't working out all spring. He needs to rest his ankle. This and that. Well, shout out to
2: Bruce for really trying to protect
1: oh, you yeah, yeah. in this situation. Bruce, man. like, I look back and like Bruce really looked at like my senior year, like the first few games that I wasn't playing good, he asked me if I wanted a red shirt. You know, yeah. Like he was like, wow. I think it'd be best if you rush her But me, like again, selfishly, thinking number three ranked preseason. Yeah, that's right. You know, like we got, a, we got it. We got Tyler Smith. Now added, nothing. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. I'm like, this is the team. Yeah. Not thinking like they expect you to be better than you were last year. You know, like right. right. But I guess it always works out for a reason. Yes. And just so I'm, I'm back in my dorm, and nobody knows. Nobody knows, but my coaching staff and my mom and dad, so we just keep it a secret. And then, so the team leaves like in May to go home for that month, you know, like a little break before summer session starts. But see, I have to stay in Knoxville because I'm having my radiation treatments. So I'm there by myself, you know, staying at one of my friends. I stay at one of my boys' house where I'm staying at for the summer. I'm going through my radiation treatments every morning and coming home and just relaxing. Like, you know, the first, I remember the first time they would they were telling me like you know these radiation treatments, not gonna hit you at first. They're not gonna hit you hard at first. Eventually, like you'll be tired, sick. So like, I have the first one. I'm like, this is nothing. Yeah. So I'm you know trying to get back like shooting a little bit. Like yeah. then like after four days, I'm just like uh, really I'm, like in the couch, just like. Mm.
2: And and at this time, you're you're as in good a shape as you can be. Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, like, it, yeah. and it's above and beyond what most mm-hmm. people have time to For do sure. at their personal gym. So you know that's how hard this hits. Yeah, so,
1: So that goes on for a month. You know, I get sick. My appetite's gone. I lose like 20 pounds. Wow. So, you know, then the team comes back. Then I start back working
2: out. At any point, does this, does it start to break your spirit at all? For sure. Okay.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Like I was like, I was like, what did I do? Why me? You know, just like.
2: So, so like in regards to you dropped 20 pounds, are you thinking, I've got to put on 20 pounds because I don't know, yeah. I don't know about you, but for some people it's not, It it's putting on 20 pounds. Well, 20 might as well be a hundred. Like yeah. Yeah. that's, it's so, that's a lot to get back. Mm. And especially in a physical, it's different if it's in high school, yeah. but in college and oh, the, yeah. and where you want to compete yeah. to win a national championship, you. you've got to have that weight. So it, it, at any point did you consider not coming back as strong as you originally thought, like kind of mailing it in a little bit. Did you ever? Did you ever um, battle those thoughts even, or was it just the whole time? It's like I don't understand why, but I, I refuse to give up. Like, yeah, honestly, for sure. where that's were how
1: you? it was. I was just like, I just got to work ten times harder. Now. Okay, you know, right. like I so was you didn't just,
2: hesitate on the work. No,
1: no, I just had to work ten times harder. You know, and we got got to my senior season. Like, I wasn't playing well at the beginning at all. Yeah. Like, it was tough. Yeah. You know. You know, everybody the media, everybody was talking about me. What's going on? What's wrong with Chris? Like, what's going on? And, you know, like, Bruce wouldn't say anything. Bruce would be like, oh, he's got, you know, he'll be fine. Like, he wanted to, he's always say, like, he's like, I wanted to say it so many times. Just leave, you know, like, he'll be fine. Just. Because the story didn't drop until, like, was it January? January. I'm going straight off memory. It didn't really drop until after the season. Okay. After After the season. 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 So it it got leaked. Like, people in the media knew. Right. Because one of the media dudes came to me and was like, Chris. I know about the story. I know about everything. Yeah. You know? So I was just like, can you please just keep it up? That's a lot of respect. I don't don't want, you know, my teammates to know or anything. Just keep it between us. Yeah. And he and he was like real cool about it. Yeah which I respected him so much when he did I that because he didn't have to. That's rare. You know, I, I right, don't think that right? could happen today. Like, no.
2: I honestly don't. Th- I think that no, no, today no. a nurse or somebody, especially yeah. in Knoxville, is snapping a pic of you and yeah. it's all over Facebook and all that. It, mm-hmm. it shows right. about the time, but also it's pretty amazing because that reporter, whomever that. Chris be, Lowe works Chris, for ESPN now. Okay. So Chris Lowe yeah. could have maybe advanced his career a lot earlier had he broken a story like that and so that's you know shout out to that yeah. the respect and yeah, and real. i'm sure it has a lot to do with how you treat people i'd say potentially if you were a jerk and if you were super arrogant that people might not have been as willing to keep things in house but that's kind of a testament so so you so you start off the first couple of games your senior season struggling that what,
1: couple. <laughs> yeah, i'm trying to be nice uh, <laughs> i'm trying to be nice
2: all right i'm trying to be nice. so tell me when it changes to, and then tell me how um, it changes what changes like because you know, I'm
1: trying to think. Um, I have to look at the schedule. I can't remember. I just remember having a good game and then like starting going into SEC play, I started playing mm-hmm. so much better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I started, I wouldn't say I was myself, but I was better than I was.
2: I got you. Which, I got you. you know. um, which le- leads me to also, was it, was it your senior season, the uh, Derrick Rose, yeah, the number one senior, versus number yeah, two? Yeah, yeah that was senior field. season. One of the best college, most fun college games <laughs> I can imagine. Coach Cal Electric. on the sidelines at his, like, <laughs> Electric. I mean, he is that guy. Bruce is that guy. You, just watching those two go back at, if they play one-on-one, it'd be interesting. <laughs> exactly. Like, like just those two, I mean, it was such a um such a big deal everywhere. And then the game lived up to the hype. That was an exactly. amazing. Oh, no I mean, that's one of those places where a lot of hoop heads know where they were when they watched oh, that sure. game. For sure, man,
1: that was the best atmosphere. Like somebody tweeted the other day, yeah. it had a little clip. Did you yeah, see it? it was today, clip. this morning? Okay, this yeah, morning. it was a clip I retweeted. It was just like that was the best atmosphere I played in. Yeah. You know, number one verse, number two, and like I played, I didn't even play good that game. Yeah. But people are like, what's your favorite moment? And that's it. Yeah. Wow. you know, yeah. just
0: and, and we had the clip. <laughs> I saw the tweet. We had the clip this morning, and you know, you all are up by two, mm-hmm. 2.5 seconds left. Yeah. You're at the line. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I'll kind of bring this whole thing full circle. Intentionally, one of your biggest, um, areas of improvement was getting to the free throw line. Yeah. Right. We talked about it, just the in, in, in the intentionalness of being able to get into the free throw line. We look at it again, big shot after big shot after big shot, but When it comes to after now battling, you know, that going into your senior year and really being able to capture that whole entire moment of your college experience, of your journey, of your faith, what's going through your mind? Mm -hmm. I know know it's a lot. And, you know, it's probably safe to say that you can't have a bigger stage than that moment right there. You know, the battle for the best basketball state, tennis, number one, number two, same state of Tennessee, super special. You got to make both to make sure that you ice this game. Right. Right. What's going through your mind are you step up to the free throw line?
1: Just like, you know, this is, I mean, it was like perfect timing. Because the ball like landed. They missed a shot and yeah. landed like perfectly in my hand. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so I didn't have to do one, anything. One of your few
0: rebounds.
1: It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. It was just perfect. Like, they didn't write me They like, found me. So I'm like, two point seconds there. we you up to. Like, I'm like. It's over Are you, you know? Okay Okay. So you're not nervous You're like This not is really, what I do you know, you know what This saying? is what like, I do I'm not really Almost nervous like I'm just like I get up I was like At least make the first At least, at least make the <laughs> first one At least make the first one You yeah. know That's what I'm thinking Like, At least make the first one And I'm like I made it And I'm like This is it If you make this And it's it like, Yeah You know So So your was, knees
2: aren't shaking And you're not feeling nervous You're like This mm-hmm. is what I
1: do Yeah I'm not nervous Okay Yeah I was just I guess I'm ready for it Yeah Preparation put a lot of hours in there So I'm ready for it
0: Right. We, we, we look at that moment, having the perspective, of course, being in it, competitive, adrenaline, you know, I'm going to knock it down. Like, y'all don't, y'all done fouled the wrong one, yeah. right? This game, right. game is over. For sure. How did it feel waking up this morning and seeing that clip now after, oh, you know, years and years <laughs> right? passed? what's feels- the perspective you look back at and how do you feel watching yourself, you know, step up to the line in those moments, you know, years later?
1: Just, I mean, just like I love that moment. You know, I I love, like, when it gets close, I mean, I want the ball. Like, yeah. You know, like, there's no question I want it. You right. Know? We need to make free throws. I'm here. Like, give me the ball. I'm getting open. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's close and we need to get a free. We need, they're, they're fouling quick. I want the ball, no doubt. Yeah. You know?
2: Now, we got to talk about mm-hmm. the, the a super famous moment where, like, very few times in, people, uh, in people's lives, careers, whatever, it, basketball specific, when you have the ball and your team needs to make a play, does it enter people's minds to, well, I'll just keep going backwards further away from the goal. Exactly. All right. All right. I, I, I'll, I'll we need this. to score. We, yeah, we, we need, need to score. Bucket, so let me walk backwards. But not many people have 6'11", 7' Kevin Durant, who uh, me and my circle, we knew greatness was coming oh, from sure. that guy no at the McDonald's game. And then after what he did his freshman year at Texas, uh, you knew like you're, you're battling with an all time great right now and his length. And he knows you're about to shoot and you know that you're about to shoot. And there's a timeline on this. Like you have to shoot it within the next couple seconds. You have to tell me what you think. Cause that's, that's an NCAA tournament moment. Correct? No, no, no. It's a regular 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 season. season. That's regular season. Okay. Regular season. But uh, that's a huge, huge moment. All right. And the, Take us through
0: what's going on in your mind, if you remember, if you can go back to that.
1: I don't remember exactly the time like yeah. we were oh, down by.
0: Okay, we'll break it down. We'll, <laughs> we'll try to embed this clip, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. of these clips into this as our, our listeners and viewers are watching this. But I was replaying that clip in my head. i watching it live. And when I actually went back and you actually look at the tape, there's a full, there's, there's time on the shot clock. It's not like the time is really going down. It's about probably 30 seconds, 25 seconds remaining in the ball game. You're backing up and you raise. So, so if there's anybody else playing basketball that takes that shot, first reaction is what are you doing? (laughs) Like, Like there's no, there's no, there's no way you're about to take this shot. At what point do you go and, Have the confidence to know, like, are are you are you looking at the shot clock? Are you like what's going through your mind before you before you raise up over Kevin Durant in that situation?
1: I'm just thinking, I'm just locked in. Like, we down, we need a bucket. Yeah, (laughs) like it is what it is. You know, like what you gonna do? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's no more. So the moment. So
2: the so a key theme in a lot of these things is that they're really. Isn't like when you're playing, there isn't a moment where you recognize Mm -hmm. it's a moment. You're just playing, like you're just playing, and you have the confidence in any type of moment. And and the reason I keep bringing that up as a theme is because I think that that holds a lot of people back. Is that they recognize like I I have a theory about players from Kentucky where a lot of a, a lot of the players from Kentucky, their parents, their grandparents, they're such big Kentucky or Louisville fans, whichever it may be, that the kids grow up seeing them almost like, uh, I don't mean this blasted, but like gods in a way, you know, mm-hmm. like unreachable, unattainable. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. And so at growing up as fans, they recognize big moments. And then when they find themselves in big moments, unfortunately, they recognize that they're in a big moment and it becomes too big for them. And so I, what you're saying, though, is that through your preparation, so much preparation, you don't even recognize yeah. the moment you're just playing I'm ball I'm
1: just having fun yeah
2: so the way to counteract that everybody that's listening is however hard you're working right now go harder find ways to go harder find ways mm-hmm. to get better so that just this an amazing moment we'll try to pull that clip and embed it in the video with yeah. this but just a just an awesome moment like I, I, all of us from Kentucky like we're jumping up and down we can't believe it we get to brag to everybody forever now actually forever that you know that, that we have that that's our guy and so um you finish up um, senior season. And how did the tournament end?
1: We lost to Louisville. Right. Sweet 16.
2: Yeah. Tough team. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. team. A great team. I think team.
1: they end up, so that was 08. No, that was, yeah, that was 08. Oh eight. So they played, I think North. they got beat by North Carolina after that. Okay. We'll they beat us, us in the sweet 16. Yeah. Yeah, great team. Earl Clark. Mm-hmm. Derek, character, Derek Terrence cross, Williams, T. Will, T. Will, T. Will, yeah, they had a squad. Such good basketball, yeah. such good basketball, Great and
2: uh, so so you finished up that season. It didn't end how you wanted, mm-hmm. but you you ended kind of with a bang. At this point, now the college career is done, okay. and you're thinking, what's the you know what are the next steps or whatnot? Yeah. What are you hearing from different people about what your future could be at that time?
1: At that time, just um, Adrian was telling me like. I remember Bruce said he has got an agent for me that's been talking about me he wants me and he sent me to Portsmouth some mm-hmm. Portsmouth yeah. you know yeah, Portsmouth about, yeah big know, time Portsmouth it's invitational so I, yeah it's I big I played the Portsmouth I played good down there um and but you know I didn't get any offers for NBA or anything I played ended up going to the Nuggets for summer league that summer but I I didn't play much so my agent was he you know, got me a deal in Turkey my first year, yeah, you know, so, and it was fun, you know yeah. at first, it was tough being away like that that long, but I got used to it, and you know Turkey's been one of my favorite countries,
2: wow, so, so you've been a professional basketball player for since oh uh, nine since o nine yeah, for 09. like uh, for eleven years, you've been a professional <laughs> yeah. basketball player, which is just nobody really gets to say that of any count where you're actually making money where it's worth it to stay in the game right um so. Go through just some of the places that you played.
1: So Turkey, Spain, Russia, France, Lithuania, Turkey, Russia, Spain, France. It's those are five countries I've played in. South Korea. Leagues. Oh, yeah, oh, no, South Korea. Yeah. Forgot about South Korea. Yeah. So those six are the countries like in the leagues, but. Okay. You know, we've had games in other countries. Mm-hmm. Today, yeah, sure. You know. Sure. So I've been everywhere. Um, everywhere.
2: So list off some of the players. Um, some of your favorite players again that, that you hated to play against but you respected some of the best guys
1: overseas yes um i know that's tough oh yeah just <laughs> tough, just man. any
2: names you just listen to them all
1: Let's see i like so i was on the team with tiago splitter playing yeah. for the spurs yeah i like playing with he, he started he on good. a world
0: championship team yeah yeah
1: tiago um i was on the team with you remember mirza toletovic yep shooter yep.
0: Yeah, quick release. No. Yeah.
1: Big man. Uh Marcy Marcelino who watches? Yeah. yeah Hurel- the Lakers? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So who's on the team? Yeah. I was on a team with him and Steve. I know you liked him. Oh, <laughs> dimes. Wow. Dimes. Um
2: You played uh, just like uh, kind of a cultural reference. You won a world title with uh LeBron's friend.
1: Yeah, Romeo. Romeo in yeah, France. In France, France you
2: yep. guys won a, a world M- title with that?
0: MVP. Yep. MVP, MVP <laughs> that, yeah. MVP <laughs> yeah.
1: We won two me and Romeo won two championships. So we won the French Cup yep. in the 2016. Cup. Then we won 2018 We won the French League title wow. championship.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah. so culturally, what what have you learned traveling the world? Obviously, spending most of your time here in America, but a significant amount of the last eleven years, um, all around the world. What what are some of the things that you've taken away, like cultural differences, or what are some of the um, expectations, because we're going to have some people listening to this that want to be pro basketball players or as Marcellus and I will cover, they think they want to be pro basketball yeah. players. But what are some of the things to expect? Were you ever treated differently over there because you were from America or was it all pretty much all love or how was it?
1: Uh, it's both. Yeah, be fair, It's been a lot of love. It's been some, you know, because you're American. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't say I was in any kind of danger. Right. You know, so it, it hasn't, I've had a great experience. I haven't been in like any of those countries or been like bad, bad. You know, I've always been in good situations. Yeah. and, you know, if I'm out, I really don't go anywhere by myself. Sure. So it was. Just, I haven't been, like, but I'm sure. I mean, I've been places by myself, but like, it hasn't been any problems. What well, what are
2: some of the differences in lifestyle, like over there, and as opposed to like some things over here that you could think of? And Marcellus, you can jump in yeah. as well, obviously. But.
1: Um, just you know, I know in Spain, like food-wise, you know, what got me. Um, that's how they, how late they eat dinner, Really, you know, like dinner might not start till like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, okay. you know?
2: Yeah. Do they start their day later
1: the next morning or? No. And they, it's where Everybody takes a nap, you know, it's like a little okay. siesta. Right. So, <laughs> so that's real. You know, they have like dinner might be like, I'm talking about like, I remember like when we have away games, like we would practice, we get back to the hotel, shower, like we wouldn't get dinner till like 10, Okay. You know? And then have breakfast early in the morning. I'm like, I'm not even hungry. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, just ate. I'm trying to put on 20 pounds though. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like that, um, just a lifestyle different, man. It's just, you know, like you wake up here, turn on sports center. So you just don't, you don't got that there. Well, back then, yeah. you didn't. Yeah. My first year in Turkey, you know, now you got all this different stuff. Like I can Marcellus, on a computer. Marcellus would like, tell
2: me when he was over in Germany, even things like, uh, the like your food that you go buy, like a lot of it might oh, be yeah. more market bought with yep, no preservatives. Yep. <laughs> so like you're only buying for like the next couple of days oh, as opposed sure. to like a couple yeah, of yeah, weeks. Yeah.
0: Yep. And that's that's one of the things to touch yeah. you on that. You know, I'm in Germany, young kid, first time, really, you know, getting a chance not go overseas, but living over there, going to the grocery store, um, go to the grocery store for one, like there's no bags. You know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta buy, like you gotta get your, bring your disposable bags. So super efficient. But I buy two weeks' worth of food. And again, I'm not making that much money at the time. I just get over there. So I'm actually like, you know, making, you know, kind of like a, my prorated salary for the end of the month and go to the grocery store two days later. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to eat good. Bananas, bread, all this stuff. Everything goes bad. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> like, bro, what's, yeah, what's yeah, wrong yeah, with this right, food? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, something's got to be wrong you going to buy chicken. Food. You better cook it that night exactly. or tomorrow. It's and, gotcha. and, and, it, over. It, it, it never really hit me, though, that, well, that's because it's actually real food. Yeah. <laughs> and You know, only the differences in what we're eating over here as far as shelf life of food and things you got to go to the store a little more often mm-hmm. um over here and we talk about just the differences in culture the adjustment to the lifestyle but on the basketball court yeah what are some of the differences and I, I know I can speak on it myself but in your terms of the intensity of the off-season conditioning mm. the practice <laughs> not not as a young high school kid but but as a grown man yes. as as a as a pro yeah what's are some of those experiences like?
1: Oh um, man, I've I've played for so many different coaches. I'll tell you, I had experience with a Serbian coach, and when I tell you, we practiced twice a day and early in the morning and late at night, and it was it was tough. Yeah. You know, taped, taped running sure. <laughs> nonstop, and then you have weights. You might run through the woods. Like preseason was like. It was tough.
0: And, yeah. and, and and there's no getting out of it. There's not like no, a, a no. vet, you know, like right. a, a vet claw. Right. You know, a lot of these no. guys, the NBA I can oh, chill. Oh, you going to do it. <laughs>
1: no doubt.
2: Wow. And, and then what about the fans uh, in regards to how much do people like basketball abroad as opposed to here? Is it, what would you compare it to, like college basketball? or, or what? Yeah.
1: What? Would you... I think it depends which country and your team. Yeah. Like I had a team in Turkey. My fans were in Beshutas. Like I was in Istanbul. Our fans were. Like crazy, okay. You know, like wild. Mm-hmm. You know, like
0: fireworks in the game. Yeah, drums. yeah, not yeah. <laughs> yeah, In will, the arena,
1: <laughs> gonna be fighting. Right, like, they yeah. might fight the other crowd. Yeah, like it's, it's, it was crazy. You know, but like they were passionate. Yeah, like they love their basketball.
2: Because from know. from the outside looking in, what I've seen is in some of these countries, you know, most of them, pretty much all of them, are not. They don't enjoy the luxuries that we do over here, where we can look at sports as kind of like an escape. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people take it serious. But from what I've from the stories that I've heard and just paying attention from kind of the outside looking in, it seems like, you know, sports means there's a different maybe meaning of sports because things may be not be going too well in their country. There may be fighting, there may be war, they may be on the brink of war or, you know, a lot of different like political and different things going on to where they're taking sports maybe a, a little bit serious because that's one of the positive things in their life they can really hold on to to where those crowds could get kind of rambunctious
1: it's like those fans were ruthless i'll tell you a story we so we're playing against a team and like somebody in the other team's organization like that so we're like having a moment of silence like and my and my fans are cheering oh. like yelling i'm like ah oh, y'all are cold like i mean wow. that's just how that's how ruthless they are yeah. you know like they don't care like
0: God, yeah That's like, definitely definitely <laughs> that's, brutal but again that's the fandom, kind of the, the, the soccer type style fans. Yeah. Um, and again, a lot of it too is basketball is actually ran by the club in the city. So the professional mm-hmm. basketball club is, you know, over the basketball from pro all the way down to youth sports. So, you know, it's like uh, if, if, if Maysville had a pro team where they're bringing all these players in Maysville. So just the pride, the passion that those people have, you know, from seeing kids grow up, from being involved in it at that local level to now, you know, being a part of that lifestyle. You know, it's a lot more passionate. and it's us versus y'all yeah. essentially, and you know, really take it seriously. I, just, just a couple more things. And we definitely appreciate you stopping by, Chris. I know
2: it's family and and it's all good, but, but we do appreciate you stopping and being so candid and sharing all these things. Cause I, these are a lot of things I've not mm-hmm. heard before. Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot of people are going to appreciate this, but, um, some things that, that I don't, that we have to touch on, um, the NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, i a lot of us that that even follow basketball closely we watch a lot of guys play in the nba and we obviously love you like you're a lot of our favorite player ever and and you'd be amazed at a lot of the different conversations that i have chris about like mm-hmm. our business and stuff that we do that random guys from new york that have created these e-commerce companies worth millions of dollars and sold them i'm talking with them last week about some tbt stuff mm-hmm. and uh he's like, well, Chris lopin has been my favorite player since I was in, <laughs> <laughs> what? what are you talking about? So a lot of people love him, but all of us just have this question as to like, we, we watch guys in the NBA, I watch it super close. And I'm like, you just cannot convince me that since you left college, that you did not belong in some regard. Some of it is era, like today, yeah, I think in today's game, like you're in, you're, you're completely <laughs> in. But a lot of it, I think that a lot of what you did, you laid the groundwork to where Steph can be Steph. Because people watched you, and they're like, "That's a lot of fun. That's a fun way of playing basketball." Yeah. But in your opinion, um, and I'm not trying to rub salt in any kind of wound, but we're just having an honest conversation here. W- what are your thoughts on why the NBA hadn't worked out? Um, and and your peace with that, and just kind of how you've managed that whole situation, knowing that you're good enough but not getting the opportunities.
1: Um, just you know, I just look at it as is. You know, was you know all of us basketball players in here. I mean, that's our dream growing up, yeah. you know, playing NBA, definitely mine. And, you know, sometimes it just don't work out the way you want, you yeah. know, and like God's been so good to me. I've played in, been all over the world. I've been to so many different countries. So yeah, I guess, you know, it just wasn't in the cards for me.
2: I just, Marcellus, I, I don't remember somebody with as much respect globally that oh, yeah. the basketball world has for Chris Lofton. Like he might be number one on that list <laughs> of like, why didn't yeah. it, it, it kind of work out? And, and, there's a lot of details that go into that. There's a lot of politics in regards sure. to agencies where, yeah, you know, I'm going to take this guy that might not be as good as Chris, but mm-hmm. he's also got another guy that I think we can get as a free agent, the same exactly. agent. And exactly. there's so many different things in, that go into different things, but I've always admired how not only have you handled it, but you have like, just such a, a peace and beyond peace. You actually have a gratitude exactly for mm-hmm. everything to where you've, you've been able to harness this chip on your shoulder and you only pull it out like uh, for the right times mm-hmm. but yet you don't let that carry over into the other areas of your life and that's always something that we all appreciate everybody appreciates in a major way and that's not easy to do it's a lot of self-discipline and just humility and uh but but you know there's that the other thing i can't that we can't leave without talking about is your experience at the Kobe Bryant camp. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: and this was, did you say after, your during your senior?
1: Oh, this was summer of 07. So in between your junior and senior season? Okay,
2: okay. Um, At the time, that's, Kobe would invite certain, like, top college basketball players, Mm -hmm. 10 top college basketball players that he wanted around for some reason. Right. And uh, go into that experience. Like, when did you, because I know you are, a Kobe like fanatic. Definitely. Okay. You've always been that. But what is that like when you get the invitation? Who told you? How right. did that go down?
1: well, Bruce told me. So it was the same time when I was going through my cancer stuff, radiation. So I'm like, I don't care. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I don't care if I haven't touched a ball in a month. I'm right. going to Kobe Brown camp. I don't right. no care how bad I look down there. Right. Kobe's gonna be there. I'm there too. Right. So I get there, Bruce is like, All right, whatever. You know, because he's like, You haven't played, you haven't, you just come, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't care how bad I look down there. I'm sure. going. You know, so did down There's 10 of us. Is, if I had the Steph Curry, Wayne Ellington, Gerald Henderson. Mm, me. Who am I missing? Those four I remember off yeah. the top. There's, there's there's, guys I'm missing. Oh, Chase Buttinger, yeah. Arizona. Yeah, definitely. Um. I can't. I have a there's a list. I had a list.
2: So like, what are y'all doing?
1: Oh, we're just um we're working out. Working out. We're doing drills, we're playing. We're doing cause it's also Kobe's his high school camp. Yeah, right. So back right. then, you know, they have the college. So you would cancel, counselor. I was basically yeah. a counselor. Right. So like we would come in and work out when the high schoolers were at lunch or whatever, and vice versa. Yeah. So we would switch times. So we were doing like drills and playing and you know, different scenarios. And Kobe was around. I remember like during the question and the question and answer, it was like when Kobe was like demanding the trade. Yeah, dude, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody ask about any trade, <laughs> you know, like the dudes coming out there telling the kids, like don't ask about any trades, you know, you right. ask any question, but don't bring that up. But, you know, like Kobe was around, like he was cool. Like, you know, that was the first interaction when we got, I got all kinds of gear, you know, yeah. Kobe Bryant, shoes, gear, bag, so, you know, I was, I was good. Wow. You know, like, it was, what, what kind yeah. of
2: impact did that first interaction with him have oh, uh, have man, he on just
1: you. you know that's 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 my favorite player. So like being around him and he like talking to us and
2: did he live up to your expectation or what sure, you thought? For yeah.
1: sure, like he talked about you know his work ethic and you know what he did every day and like his regimen and all that. And it was just like, like he's like real. It's for real. Yeah. Like, his. his well, work I know. Ethic.
2: I know you spent some time out there in LA at, yeah, yeah. at the Mamba Academy. Yeah. Um. I know you've been out there yeah, since it summer. opened. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this one of the most impressive facilities in the world, really. I mean, that's real and and it lives up and it really honors him. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, the tragedy that that we had earlier with, with losing him. Um, but it, it it honors him and these types of stories and different interactions, you know, and his legacy moving forward is going to impact millions of more lives that he's already impacted. And so, um, you know, I, I know he's had a major impact in your life.
1: Oh, for sure. You know, and just last summer I got to talk to him and, you know, be around him at his his daughter's AAU uh, practice. Wow. That was fun, you know, helping them out a little bit and just seeing his interaction with the kids and, like, you could tell, like, he was loving girls basketball, you right. know, being out like he loved what he was doing, like and like he worked them girls. Them girls was working hard, really. <laughs> really? Yes.
2: So, Bamba mentality. There's no oh, mercy in
1: Bamba mentality. No mercy. No, no, no gender <laughs> I mean, discrimination at all. <laughs> so, my friend was like, I went to Tennessee with her. She was like cool with Kobe's, Kobe's like so team's humble. trainer. Oh my god. You know. Yeah. His yeah. Right. Go ahead. So we, um, so I meet his name's Alex, and I'm like Alex, and he's like, hey, you might, you want to come out to you know we help me work with Kobe's daughters team tomorrow. I'm one of my guys won't be there. Kobe's gonna be there. I Count me. Right. In. <laughs> that kind of question is that I'm there. Right. I don't care how far it is. Right. You know, so we get there and, you know, Kobe's there and we're just going through drills and I'm helping out and Kobe's in there and just it was just funny hearing Kobe's, you know, Kobe some of Kobe's stories. You yeah. know, about playing one on one and he was talking about Grand Hill mm-hmm. was a was one of his toughest one on one players when oh, he played. He was oh, talking man. about Grand Hill. Wow.
2: That's cool. What, what a great, you know, what a great experience. Um, this has been, uh, I, I think we could talk for like all day. Oh, all and this, day is, this, right? this is what we do, by <laughs> the way, at KBC. So, yeah, right? uh, this Regular is what we do. Like we finally just got <laughs> a chance to mic up our
0: guy. KBC. And, you know, just, just as we wrap up any closing words or advice that you have, or, you know, anything when you just look back over your extensive basketball journey, um, mm-hmm. your maturation as a, from a, from a boy to a, to a, to a man and challenging and beating adversity time and time again, what's one takeaway or a couple of takeaways that you would have for the younger players that are coming through this facility on a regular basis, listening, you know, here locally but all around the world too? You know, what's something, a couple of pieces of advice that you could share with them before we get out of here?
1: I would say, um, don't worry about our ranking. You yeah. know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like who cares? Do the work. You know, put the work in, and I think you put the work in it'll come to you, you know? So one of these days I'm
2: going to make Chris sit down and we're going to be super specific Specific on what his schedule is. Like, and we're going to dive into specifically what his secret sauce is Mm -hmm. whenever he feels comfortable with it. Uh, But to, to where, but because what he's saying is he lives it? Mm-hmm. This is not fake. This is not because yeah. that does sound cliche. It's, it's
0: hard to explain it, it if it's the, the lifestyle of this is all I've known, all I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Man. We appreciate this it. This is as really- always, as always,
2: listeners. Wait a minute. Treat- One more thing. My claim to fame. Go ahead, um, Chris. Can you jump into what the Robert Ori challenge is? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> can you jump the into
1: Robert, this? the Robert Ory challenges? Yeah. No warm ups. Straight three points. This point is shot. something
2: we do, right? This is between me, you, and Bridge. Oh, on, no. we
1: did it one time. Look, we so did it gonna one, throw time. one time. I only remember doing it one okay. time.
2: Okay, okay. so then I'm one and zero. Oh. <laughs> all oh. right, go under- ahead and yeah, say what under- it
1: is. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. He got me. He okay, got say me. what it is. But but just I had so a that hoodie right on. But yeah, he oh. got me. He got me. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. So so just just to be specific, the Robert Ory challenges. Robert Ory famously in the I think 2005 Finals, Spurs Pistons, Game Six that doesn't play the entire game checks in like the last three or four <laughs> minutes of the game and knocks big three at the big three. And so, uh, it, we joke around because that's one of my favorite players mm-hmm. just because of how big, how big he is, uh, uh, his mentality. But, um, So the challenge is I would catch Chris as soon as he's walking into the gym and I never shoot. I don't I don't play anymore at all. But I would catch Chris and Bridge as they're walking in and say, fellas, you guys are good when you can warm up. Exactly. But do you have the mental toughness to shoot with me? And I'm not warming up either. Do you have the mental toughness to break free of your your routine and just walk in the gym, no warm ups and we just shoot? I am Robert you know, Ori. No,
1: hold on. Let me think back. Now I do remember. I think we're one and one. I think I <laughs> oh, won that on, one. Here we go. Oh, I remember you, you winning one, uh-huh. but I think I won that one. Okay, that, that number. I think we're grow. one and one. Yeah. So all,
0: right. all, all the young hoopers. As soon as you're able to get back into the gym, Robert Ory challenge. Whenever we walk in KBC, <laughs> you see, you see Tom, Chris, Bridge in here. Myself, y'all don't want those problems for real. But they we'll go ahead and, and get that going. But again, Chris. Thank you so much for stopping by the KBC Hoops podcast. Listeners, be sure to catch us out on uh, video. We've got audio streaming on Apple Podcasts. We've got Spotify, um, uh, Audible, all the good things. So thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you all soon.